Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks today where we believe that true life and peace of mind comes through a growing relationship with Jesus. We want to let you know that we are in the midst of a series called Ready Enough and we understand that every next step with God is going to be involving some risk and some oftentimes we might say, you know, we're not ready to do that. Well, we believe that you are. You're always ready enough when you got the Holy Spirit and the power of God behind you. And so we hope that you are encouraged and challenged by today's talk in our series, Ready Enough. Welcome today. Excited that we can dive into this final talk in the series, Ready Enough. And we'll recap it if this is your first week or if you haven't been listening online. Uh, so you're good to go. And we've been talking about this thought of the reality that we are called to do certain things in life. And we really never feel 100% ready. In fact, oftentimes we're at a pretty low percent in taking a step of faith, right? And what would it look like instead of ready, set, go, if we rewire our minds to be like, go, set, ready, right? Just this instinctive, compulsive, go factor in our lives. Like, why not? Let's make something happen. And today we're going to dive into, ultimately, the, the word go. It's obvious if you have the fill-in or uh, if you have the app open and you're following along. But just, uh, we have a challenge. And there's a great passage in Isaiah this, that says this, Isaiah 6-8. I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this place? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Send me. That's at the heart of what we're talking about today. What if we're the ones that are willing? We're like, okay, here I am, send me. So Isaiah had that challenge and he jumped on it, right? As we were brainstorming this day and this talk we kind of looked at the realities of following Jesus and what it's like. And ultimately, it's like being on a hike. I don't know if you've ever gone on a group hike before. Usually someone familiar with the trail or courageous enough to lead goes out in front. And as they're walking, and if you're sticking together, you might say things like, watch out for this rock, or cliff, or loose soil, be careful here. And you repeat it to the group all the way to the back. What is that? Like, what's going on there? You're, you're following, but you're leading, right? And our relationship, as we grow in a relationship with Jesus, that's, that's kind of the deal. We went on a trip this last Valentine's to Hawaii, first time we'd ever been there in our lives, and it was a blast. And we went on one of the adventures they sucker people into paying for. It was awesome, though. Uh, it was this tubing adventure down these canals that were like 100 years old or something. They were really, really, really old, handmade canals going through caves and we're on inner tubes. And they go through a prep, you know. They kind of tell you where you're going, what you're doing, how to do it. And you got lights on for when you go into the caves. And they tell you, don't get too many tubes next to each other. And, and if you ever hear a command, repeat the command. So there's dozens of people on this trip, and somebody says, light on, you repeat, light on, person behind you, light on, and you're shuffling positions during the course of this trip down 
And when it gets wide, you kind of, the current takes you in different orders. So sometimes you're up front, sometimes you're in the back. But there was always a leader for the organization. There was somebody in the middle, and there's somebody in the far back. They would tell you, waterfall, waterfall, whoo, you go down real quick, you know. And, and that's the same story as when we're walking out our journey, our relationship with Jesus. We have this opportunity to go, get in the water, because once you're in your tube, they're like, is everybody ready? And they released this rope, and we started floating. And it's kind of that way with our faith. Are you ready? Are you ready to follow Jesus or start down this road? Yeah, then let's, let's go. And it's an each other experience. We're leading each other, people leading people. And so we began to uh, consider today's talk and and a big idea, and we jotted it there for you in your notes. You are ready enough to go. You're ready enough to go. If you can get in the tube, you're ready enough to go. Just hop on that thing and let's enjoy the current and realize we all have a responsibility on the trip. God wants to take our faith in Christ in, into a growing area, right? He wants to take us into action. Action grows our faith. And uh, the action element of the faith is the go, right? We've talked as well about growing into Jesus, growing roots into Jesus and, and building upon Jesus. And that's, that's the grow element, the set element. Like I'm getting set so that I'm ready for anything God calls me to. The confident hope we have in our relationship with Jesus is ultimately the ready factor. And we have this opportunity to pursue, pursue not only the mission uh, of God for this church, but he's got a unique calling and mission for each of us in our realm of influence. And that's his dream that will awaken in you. What, would it, what does it look like when that whole thing kicks to life? We shared a passage on the opening talk of this series from Hebrews. And it's one of those ultimate go, set, ready moments in Scripture Hebrews 11.8 says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Hey, you going on vacation? Yeah, where? Huh? I don't know. We're going though, you know. And that, nobody says that, do you? It's like, so there, there was this guy with this faith. God said... I want you to go to this land, take as your inheritance. And he's like, awesome, pack up the bags, we're going. Where are we going, Dad? I have no idea, but we're going. I don't know if you're that personality or not. I probably would be that guy. But just the reality of, like Isaiah, God saw Abraham and knew that he would go. So he told him to go, and he did. And now we look back at him as Hebrews is in the New Testament, looking back at like one of the first stories in Scripture in the Old Testament, thousands of years previous, and they're still reflecting on his courage to go. What if we could be that today, right? We think there's three thoughts that can help us out to be that. And the first one is fairly obvious on a talk like this, but it's go. How could you do a talk on go if you don't? challenge people to go. That's what the scripture is challenging us to. One of those historic old moments in the Old Testament that we can read about 
just like Isaiah or Abraham is the story of, of Joshua. And Joshua was an apprentice, if you will, to Moses, the big Mo, Ten Commandments guy. Oh, these are my people. Parting of the water, right? So the, he was hanging out with Moses for years and years. And Moses found himself passing away and having to pass this baton of a call God put on him to lead the people of Israel into a promised land flowing with milk and honey. It also had giants and it was intimidating and people had rebelled and not wanted to go because they thought they would die if they went into the land and so they wandered in the desert for 40 days and now Joshua, Moses says to Joshua, you take the people in and dies. So Joshua is freaking out. I would imagine, as I would be, right? Okay, yeah, I'm going to lead the people. You know, he's giving himself that pep talk that we give ourselves when we, you know, I don't know what the mirrors look like in the day, but he's looking in the mirror. You can do it. You're a leader. You think positive, you know, and he's giving himself that. So he's ready to tell all these people, we're going. But God jumps in. And God shares this with Joshua. Joshua 1, 6 through 9 says, be strong and courageous. You are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do this is my command be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged for the lord your god is with you wherever you go now if you're giving yourself a pep talk and all of a sudden God chimes in and gives you that kind of fire lit under your desire, aren't you ready? It's like, come on, let's go. That's where Joshua was in the place of. God spoke life into him. And as, as long as you know who you are and your relationship with God, he can come into your world and encourage you. I'm with you everywhere you go. You are the one. To take possession of the land. And you can go with the highest confidence, courage, and strength. That was the ultimate pep talk. That was the ultimate locker room moment before the big game of life that Joshua was about to lead people into. And I, I dwell on a moment like that and I go, whew, could we be that life-speaking people into those around us? Can we be that voice that encourages, nudges people to go in that positive direction for their life? Yeah, go. Go. You can do it. Be of faith. Be of courage. You can make this happen. We're never going to feel ready. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to realize I am 51% confident I'm supposed to go this direction. <laughs> I'm going to go this direction. We have everything we need to go already. God shares there again in that passage. He shares that same kind of instruction throughout Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament. We talked about it last week. Everything you need, you have it. You're set. Now go. We can jump into someone's life and encourage them. Because we see that they're ready. Maybe sometimes 
while they're, some of us have a personality that needs to be encouraged. When we were youth pastors in Spokane, ages and ages hence, uh, we would love to challenge students to do random things, whether it was missions trips or we would do these Friday night outreaches once a month called Friday Night Live, and we would do these drama presentations that kind of shared the, the good news of how Jesus has come to forgive people of their sins. And, and so we would uh, have students lead that and present, and it, it was a blast. We had a, a big impact in the community and lots of students that had stories to tell. And we would gather those students together during their senior year and uh, challenge them of a couple different things. We would challenge them at the beginning of that senior year. This is your year ahead, and you're going to make a huge impact this year. But we would also ask, like, what's shaped you? Like, what's made the biggest impact in your life so far in this youth ministry? Like, what are some of the things that you recall? And it would always come back. The stories shared there would always come back to a moment where students felt stretched outside of their comfort zone. We told them they were ready when they did not feel ready. And it could have been a a missions trip. It could have been the moment that they broke like concrete and wood and stuff because we showed up in a city in Denver, Colorado with a bunch of students and they thought we were coming with a power team act, if you've ever seen those guys. Like, they need your help, help them, bust stuff, you know, in the power of God. We're like, yeah, we don't break stuff. I'll teach you. Never forget the guy steps up to the blocks. This is how you do it so you don't hurt yourself. And he's like, and then you go through it. Whack! Split his arm open. I'm not kidding you. The coach splits his arm open. And I'm like, I've got three willing students that are going to participate. And I'm just going, "Ah, this might be a bad idea. Luckily, they didn't hurt themselves, except for their pride, because one couldn't break the wood. But anyway, the, uh, you know, his pride was a little hurt in that moment, Ryan Brewer. Anyway, uh, Now I'm going to tell them to listen to this talk. But it was really interesting to see people be stretched, singing in prisons, and then watching God flow through us. It was incredible. And you would set those seniors around in a circle, and they would say, man, you you had me share my story in front of a hundred and some people at a Friday Night Live. That freaked me out. But then I watched people make a decision to follow Jesus. And I'll never forget that moment. Or we took people on a tour to some other uh, city, like I remember in Edmonton, and this one girl's like, I had never personally led anybody to Jesus, but we were in a park, and there was this guy, just, I could tell something was going on in his life, and I just went up to him, and I asked him if he needed hope, and he said yes, and we prayed as a group with him, and he received Jesus. You just watch, wow. Were they ready? They were ready enough. They just needed to be challenged and told they could go. And when they went, they made a huge impact and it shaped them. And that's the opportunity we have, right? We need to just have that courage to, like, go. And those of us in here, those of us who are growing our relationship with Jesus, we have the ability to voice that courage into them and say go. And sometimes we need to voice that courage into ourselves. Thought two is go and share. Interesting enough, 
the Gospels happen. Those are the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament give the story of Jesus. Jesus comes to this earth. He dies. He resurrects three days later, just fulfills all these impossible prophecies throughout the Old Testament, and finds himself before a crowd of 500 people in the beginning of the book of Acts. And it's this moment right before he ascends into heaven. Some angels are going to show up and tell people, well, you know, look for him. He's going to come back. And he has these final words to say. That's the moment we're in. And he says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is in Acts 1.8. And you will be my witnesses. Tell people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He's like, it's been amazing to be literally with you, but I'm going to go with my father now, and you here now are going to go, and you're going to tell everybody about me. And you're just going to share with people your story, my story, how they're intersecting. All people, everywhere. That was his challenge. And we still have that same challenge today. We need to be sharers of this. And it's not so much as a script. I mean, I'll show you a, like an easy way, an easy napkin script, if you would, in a moment. But really what we share, what it means to be a witness is to say, hey, so God's doing something in my life. And I think you would be all about it if he was doing the same thing in yours or this is what he's doing i don't know fully understand it but it's amazing you don't have to be a religious expert to share you don't have to have a degree to share you just have to share it's a courage that wells up from within you it's like man this is the difference in my life god is making that's all i know quiz me you'll win <laughs> right? I mean, some people know more about you than Scripture, or me than Scripture, and that's awesome, but I just, I'm here to tell you what, is, what I do know, and that's what's going on in my life. And for me, what has been since I was 21, when I made a decision to follow Jesus. We think the most common ground with people in our community when sharing, we've debated as a team and thought, man, What's an easy way to share Jesus with our community? Like, what's an easy way to share Jesus with the tens of thousands that have grown up never having a relationship with Jesus? What's the pain point we all have in common in our lives, in this community, that would allow us to naturally just share about Jesus and find the space in somebody's life that might need Jesus? And... Uh, the word we came to was overwhelmed. Like, whether you're doing amazing in life or whether things are really a challenge right now, life can be overwhelming, right? And so, oftentimes, you'll hear us say that, probably weekly in our talks. You'll hear us, I'm letting you behind the scenes, right? Life is overwhelming. And that's when you're like, yeah, it is. At times it is. Big time. It can be overwhelming. Well, that's why God 
gave us this thing called true life and promises us a piece of, in our mind if we'll grow in a relationship with Jesus. Like we have the plan to true life and peace of mind, and it's in Jesus. And so oftentimes you may hear us say that. You may want that in your life to go, oh, yeah, if somebody's asking me what, I'm, what I do on Sunday mornings, I could tell them, well, you know how life is overwhelming? Yeah. Well, I found that the way to true life and peace of mind is in a growing relationship with Jesus. So I find myself at Open Life on Sunday mornings. We meet at the high school, and it's how I make it through. That's fine. That's great. That's easy. And I think sometimes we make it really difficult. Oh, well, okay, so uh, the, I, uh, you know, God... You know, we open up the, this is a thick Bible, this is going to take a while. You know? he, and we make sharing our faith something really difficult. It's not difficult. Not difficult at all, actually. We just need to be able to connect with those around us. And oftentimes that pain point in our community, whether they're doing well or bad, is that they're overwhelmed. That's something I've found in, in groups that works. You know, in our mission says we're people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And at one point in time, we were the people being led. But there's this opportunity we have to be a sharer. And, and we almost, I'm, I'm not giving you point three yet, but I'm kind of giving you point three in our mission. Uh, the reality is it's our time to step in and do something. We become the people leading people, right? Um, so we're the ones on the hike that all of a sudden somebody told us, Cliff, now we have an opportunity to share. Cliff, we're on that tube trip. Light on, light on. And we find ourselves being a sharer. What does that look like in your life? Where have you found yourself with an opportunity to say, light on? Jesus challenges us to be a, a light a city on a hill, and that our light would shine before men, and that we shouldn't hide that light. Light on, right? We have this opportunity. Well, God challenges us to, to be sharers, and one of my prayers through this series is that God would, like, speak clearly to us, maybe even in an Isaiah type of way, where we're like, okay, Lord, send me where we find ourselves in a room and we see a need on the other side of the room and we just go to the need. Genuinely, not necessarily even a gospel sharing moment, not a moment where we're like, oh, can I pick up that? You drop this. Here, you drop this. Can I tell you about Jesus? No, that's maybe not that type of a moment. If, if it is that moment, then use it. But what if it's just like, Oh, here, you dropped your wallet. Oh, th thank you. Yeah, no worries. What if that's the moment that God would use to soften someone's heart and make them realize, you know, there's good people in the room. Maybe you see someone emotional across from a Starbucks. That's where I would relate because that's where I'd find myself most often or any coffee shop with internet, that is. And, uh, and so I'm there working or whatever and, and you see a need on the other side of the room and you just... Okay, God, here I am. Send me. I'm going to go across the room, and I'm going to, you know what? It'll get better. Can I just, I don't know you. My name's Thad. I'm going to be praying for you. What's your name? And make your way back to your table. Easy. That's sharing the love of God. 
Maybe you're not always going to be able to share the message, but you're sharing the love. That's our job. That's our opportunity. Every time you do it, you might not feel ready. But what happens is your faith increases. In fact, it becomes addicting. You can get addicted to being a sharer or a carer or a server or a lover of people. And it just feels so incredible to give life to people because you go and you share. Romans 10, 14 through 15 says, How can they call on him, speaking of Jesus, to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Hey, maybe you haven't considered yourself being sent before. I so send you. There you go. Done. You're sent, right? It's like you, you are challenged to go. You are being sent just as we are being challenged here to bring good news to people. So some of you are more script-oriented. You're like, I know you're telling me to share my story, but what if I can't? What if I just don't know how? And you find yourself in a scenario where you're with a friend, and they're like, okay, I've got to ask why do you go to church? What is this? What's, why, what's this life in you? I, I just don't, can you help me? One thing that I've seen recently in like a way to share is called three circles. Anybody ever heard of the three circle strategy? I'm going to give you a little tool. It's on your app, so you have a cheat photo on your app, but for those of you who have the handout, I'll show you in a very small format here, right? Uh, if you're wanting to show somebody, like, what's this good news? Like, what's the story of God? God, God had a design for us. And that design is that we would live life to the full. We would have complete peace of mind, relationship with God, union with God. You look at the Old Testament in the beginning, he created a beautiful garden. Him and Adam walked around. They were chilling. They were naming animals. It was crazy fun. I mean, if you've named animals before, it's kind of fun. And they were hanging out, you know, in the Old Testament. But not long did it take man to decide, you know what? Instead of hanging here just with God, I'm going to try something. I want to kind of make up some rules myself. I'm going to go my own way. And the Bible has a word for that. That word is sin. So God designed this perfect relationship with him, but then we sin. And that sin led to this thing called brokenness, which I would word like overwhelmed, right? We're broken. You can just sense something's not ticking right. It's like when a motor sounds wrong or when the computer's crashing. What do you do? You try to fix it. And so people try to fix it many ways. Maybe they try to fix it by doing something else that didn't work. Maybe they try to go get a new spouse. They need to fix it, you know? Maybe they try to... Uh, medicate. Maybe they try to escape and just run away from their problems or hide. Maybe they uh, suffer from the repercussions of this brokenness. All these different attempts, but it doesn't fix it. Well, God saw this problem that sin brought into life, and so he sent 
Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. In the Old Testament, you can read throughout the Old Testament and all these things that people tried to do to get back into right relationship with God and they just couldn't stay faithful. Even that Joshua story where it says, don't turn to the left or the right, obey everything that you've been taught from Moses and it's all going to be good with you. They didn't obey everything. And generation after generation, it got worse. And so God knew that he had to send his son into the world so that he could pay the ultimate price for sin, which was death on a cross at the time. And so the fact that God, heaven would come to earth, this was good news, which is what gospel means, if you've ever heard that. So another Bible word. So God sends Jesus, and, and what we found out is, is this brokenness, the only thing that's going to cure this brokenness is if we would turn to God, believe on Jesus. And when we believe on Jesus, all of a sudden, this powerful unity is restored with God, and you could call it redemption, redeemed, whatever makes sense. We're saved, as some would say. And it's through Jesus that we can reunite with God. Now, here's why this is being shown to you, because I really, I was like, well, you know, sharing is really just our story. You don't need a system. Some people want a system. This is super easy. You could do it on a napkin. But this is the part that really is most important. Once we reconnect with God, and find fresh life again, life to the full, peace of mind. And it's like, whoa, my brokenness is better. For me, I was an alcoholic, made a decision to follow Jesus. And it was like, bam. I was free from that. Like, I was not even tempted to drink anymore. And I felt that challenge personally, but we're all commissioned with this. Once we get back to here, God says, go now towards others who are experiencing brokenness and share this good news. He sent out his 12 disciples. This is how he did it in Matthew 10, 5 through 8. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you've received. Give as freely as you've received. See, once you receive this union with God, it's time to give it away. Go and share. Final thought. Maybe you filled this blank already and figured it out. Go and lead. Go and lead. Make disciples. Thought three. And it goes back to our mission, right? We're people leading people. We're people discipling people out of our own impact. We've freely received from God. Now we have the opportunity to freely give. And God will actually use your life and the way you've been encouraged. He'll take, if, and like for me, I had a problem with alcohol. He's used that. He's used the elements of my story and my weaknesses for furthering this message of Jesus. I probably have a lot of grace for people whose life just hits rock bottom because I had to hit rock bottom before this made sense to me. I mean, I had to break 
to where I was completely broken. Not just a, a little brokenness, like I was broken. So we have this chance to now go and lead. I hope you're not... <laughs> that was the most awesome nursery sound. Don't you love that we moved the nursery closer to the auditorium today? Really, they are enjoying themselves. That was the sound of fun back there. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, anyway, moving on. Uh, that was incredible. Uh, <laughs> I could not ignore that. That was just too... I, there must be a roller coaster in the room or something's going on. Um, so, uh, as I'm about to say... I hope you're not intimidated by the word lead. I think everyone just became intimidated by serving in the nursery right at that very moment. Uh, no, you can have courage and be strong. And this word lead, I, I want to take the fangs out of it, if you will. I think sometimes we see people leading people. Well, it's not me. I'm not a leader. If you're on the hike, you're leading someone. If you're on the trip, you're leading. Life, we're going to have influence. We can't get away from influencing people. We will influence others. And so we just need to realize, like, we're going to at some point in time lead. If we'll look around us, we'll realize who's in our blast radius, right? Who could I make a positive difference in? Who can I speak life into? Who can I repeat these promises I've heard from God into their life and watch them be encouraged? That's leadership. There's different levels of leadership, but that's the beginning of it, right? We have this opportunity. Jesus, uh, after he resurrected and before he told the disciples, you know, to go to the ends of the earth, which we read already, he said this to him. He said, uh, he came and told his disciples, so he's telling his closest people who've been following him, he told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you even to the end of the age. Does that sound familiar? Because it sounds exactly like what Joshua was told, doesn't it? But it's for us. It's for us. It's for you and me. This is this opportunity we've been challenged with to go and make... This is ultimately what Jesus was telling his disciples. Go and make more people who have a relationship with me like you do. It's that simple. You know the relationship we have? Go and help others have that same relationship. I like this. That's what Jesus is challenging. He called it discipleship. This, helping people through this, discipleship. Kingdom of heaven is near. There's some good news. You don't have to do it alone anymore. Let's lean in on God's hope for us. He sent Jesus to us. Initiated relationship. So we have this opportunity to be the people leading people. First, we lead ourselves, right? Maybe we develop disciplines, as we talked about last week, like reading our Bible and, and praying and getting alone with God. We have these opportunities to lead ourselves in faith. But then we get to lead others. 
And we get to bring others into this story of the gospel and allow them to become sharers and then encourage them, you can do it. And our relationship steps into a new zone with those around us. That, to me, is the most fulfilling. Not when I do something. I love catching others making an impact. It's beautiful. It's beautiful when it happens. Our challenge for you, our action point, is the words of Jesus right there at the end of that Matthew passage. Therefore, go. All this series leads to one spot. What is that spot? Go. Simply go. Go to those God has placed you in proximity of. Work, your home, your classmates, students, your students, teachers, those of you who commute the train, <laughs> however you commute, roll down your window when you're parked on 167. Hey, what you doing? Uh, feel broken today? <laughs> Let me draw these circles with a dry eraser pen on my window while we sit here. Man, you could save a lot of people on 167 with that right there. Go to your specific calling. Some of you are being specifically called to do something. Maybe it's go to a missions trip as we've been promoting. Maybe it's gonna be finding your way to influence students and become a part of the student leadership team leading students. Maybe it's going to be serving in the nursery. All of us hear the need, right? Do you hear a need? No, I'm just teasing. Uh, it's too easy. Too easy right there. Um, but a specific people or a specific calling and God will raise up people within this room and your heart will start breaking for others. That's him saying go. Share. Lead. I want to pray that over your life today. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to be used by you. That your relationship with us guides us into this reality that we can make a positive impact in the world around us. You've touched us with your life by sending your son, Jesus, so that we could exit this constant repetition of brokenness we find ourselves in and grow in a relationship with you, Jesus, that we can share the, the realities of with those around us. God, I pray that you would encourage us to be sharers. And you would show us how we are leaders. Show us who we are to lead. Let us consider those we're gonna have opportunity to love and be a, a sharer through our love or serve and be a sharer through our serving. Let us consider God, how we can make an impact on our neighbor, on our coworker, on our team, in our schools. And God, I pray that this good news that you sent Jesus to take away this brokenness, this state of constantly being overwhelmed we can find ourselves in, and you've given us true life and peace of mind through Jesus. God, if someone's here today and they've yet to share their life with you and just make a decision to follow you as their Lord and Savior. If they've yet to find themselves in that third circle, receiving this good news as their own and, and be saved, be redeemed, 
May they turn to you today. May they turn to you and believe in you today and just simply say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to follow you as the Savior of my life. And God, as they prayed that and as they checked that box on their Connect card that I choose to follow Jesus, may they begin to grow and realize that even now they can be a sharer of the difference you're making in their life. You have such a longing to touch the lives of the tens of thousands in our community that do not know you. And we say, here we are, send us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The worship team is going to sing and give you an opportunity just to respond to him. Maybe you'll find yourself standing and worshiping along or jotting down a note on your connect card saying, man, could you pray with me for this? Or checking one of those action step boxes so we can help you get connected further in your relationship with Jesus. Whatever your response is, take the next few moments for it. And then Jaden will come and close us out in a moment. Thanks once again for listening to today's talk in our series, Ready Enough. If you would like to uh, connect with us and engage with us, you can fill out a connect card by clicking the button below if you're listening online or watching online or using the Open Life Church app. Or you can always go to bit.ly slash olconnect to fill out a connect card there. And the staff and prayer team of Open Life would love to pray with any prayer requests that you have and you can fill that out on there as well. Well, we hope you have a great rest of your day and an incredible week. And then just want to remind you, we meet at Bonnie Lake High School each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. And so if you've never been to Open Life before, we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. And so we hope you have a good one. Thanks again.